Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, this is kind of this is a weird feeling. Uh, it's just you and me today. We don't have anybody else with us. First time in a while. Yeah, it, it's a different feeling. We've had a lot of guests on over the last couple of months helping us to preview the season uh, for each of the individual teams in the conference. But Mike, today... We are excited to really kind of kick off the season as it as it were as with an overall conference preview. Yeah, this is um, this is really good. But week zero happened yesterday, Joey, and I have a question for you: uh, Should Nebraska hire Bo Pelini as its next head coach? <laughs> and before, uh, and what before makes you think that dunk- Bo Pelini would work out at Nebraska, huh? And before we dunk on that idea, eight wins is much better than they're doing under Scott Frost. That's all I will say about that. Oh, God. I, I saw something on Twitter yesterday that was uh, listing out the top 15 wins under Scott Frost. And 13 through 15 were empty spots because they haven't won 15 games yet in three plus years under Scott Frost. Yeah. Yeah. And I think 12 wins or 12 and 21 in, in conference or overall. Uh, I think that's overall. Yeah, not great. They have 12 wins in three years plus a game under Scott Frost. So bad. You know, just as, as soon as you think your team has it bad, just remember what Nebraska is supposed to be historically and what they actually have been under Scott Frost for three and a half years. Virginia Tech fans, hear that? Hear that? <laughs> uh, well, anyways, Mike, yes, we are an ACC podcast here, but, you know, we love getting in some general college football digs from time to time. Um, as, of course, Nebraska was kind of embarrassed by Illinois yesterday in the uh, Week Zero spotlight, which really did not help things over there. Uh, Mike, we are excited to kick off the season here. Uh, we're going to start with a, a final look at win total predictions, but we have a couple of other announcements that we're going to do throughout this show. Uh, we have a couple of sponsors joining the Basketball Conference family this fall. Are you we excited? Do. Oh, yeah. So, Mike, the first one we have is is a really cool partnership and and, and one of, of a type, I guess, that we, we really should have been pursuing for quite a while now. <laughs> um, as a show that has, for, for a long time, liked to talk in terms of spreads and totals and, and gambling this and gambling that, uh, we this year have an official partner in terms in the uh, way of an online sports book, Mike. We do, Joey. We are, we are thrilled to open up a partnership with BetUS, the online sports book. It has been serving clients for 25 years. It is generally known as America's favorite sports book online. Uh, it's, it gives you the opportunity to bet on sports all over the world. Use promo code GOACC for a 125% sports-only sign-up bonus. Or, Mike, you can get a 200% sign-up bonus using promo code GOACC200 if you sign up and put in a deposit with cryptocurrency. Now, that bo- that bonus goes 150% to sports, 50% to the casino, so they have other, other games on there as well. Um, but, Mike, super cool sponsorship here with BetUS. We're extremely excited to get started with them. Uh, like you said, long time coming. We needed a gambling host, so to speak, <laughs> Joey. We needed an online sports book at BetUS. Is it? Absolutely. So, again, go ACC for 125% bonus on sports or go ACC 200 for 200% bonuses uh, if you sign up using cryptocurrency. And of course, all that, Mike, does require a minimum starting deposit of at least $100. Um, but after that point, they will match you dollar for dollar and then some using those promo codes. So please go out and do that. We've already done that, by the way. We have, yeah. And it's a pretty sweet sign-up bonus. So uh, can confirm it's, it's pretty nice. So yes. highly recommend doing that. Um, Mike, the other cool thing about this partnership is that in doing so, 
all of the odds and spreads and totals and everything that we talk about this season in terms of, of betting and gambling will be provided by BetUS.com. Yep. So the moment yeah, that you hear us talk about something that you want to go put in a wager on with you know whatever, uh, whatever currency you would choose to do so, that's where you're going to find it is BetUS. So go, go check it out. Go register with them and join us in, uh, in their wagering there all season long. Yeah, don't worry. We'll remind you where we're getting these odds from. That's right. That's right. We will uh, we will be sure to remind you of that for sure. Uh, one last time, that was BetUS.com, promo code GOACC or GOACC200 for uh, a big sign-up bonus with a minimum $100 deposit. So go check that out and join us there. Mike, uh, win totals. We, we talked about these for each of our teams uh, within the conference a couple of months ago, but we wanted to take one final look now that we've done all these team previews. And we wanted to make final picks on each of these. And with those, we're going to play a little game. Something else kind of new that we're going to do this year uh, is putting in uh, actual wagers, keeping track uh, of wagers in terms of wins and losses and units and, and all that. Uh, so we will get to that here in a little bit. But, Mike, let's start working through these teams. We're going to work from highest win total to lowest win total being offered and just give the people our thoughts on are they going over or under and, and how and why. Putting personal feelings aside, Joey, we bet the numbers only. <laughs> that is true. That is true. You got to do what's smart. Uh, Mike, highest win total on the board. Care to guess who that would be? The Clemson Tigers. Couldn't be anybody else. Win nope. total is 11 and a half. Like, 11 I can't believe it's an absurd number. Um, Joey, we, we got to mention the odds first. Uh, over 11 and a half, you're getting plus 100. So it's, mm -hmm. you know, if you really think Clemson is going to win the opener and then not slip up in conference play, it's probably worth a little bit of a bet. Under is minus 130. My pick here is under. Um, I cannot, in good conscience, even with an 11 and a half win total and plus 100 on money, uh, in good conscience, bet an over 11 and a half. That yeah. is an absurd number. Now, Clemson has dominated ACC play. Generally speaking, they lose a game in conference play probably like once every three or four years. It does not happen very often. They have a brutal opener against Georgia. Georgia's going to be very good. That's going to be a very tough game. Um, on paper, Georgia's returning more than Clemson is. And while I think that Clemson has a very good chance to win that game, they're very evenly matched with a very good returning team like Georgia. I have a really hard time betting the over even with that said because your bet could be toast after game one, and that is why I am sticking with the under here. I will not be betting actual money on this, by the way. And like you said, Joey, we'll be talking about the actual bets we'll be placing. I will not be betting on the win total for Clemson because it could absolutely win the opener and just run roughshod through ACC play, but I will be taking the under here. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm saying over just because it's it's even money to the over. I, I will not be putting any of my, my own currency on that because, like you said, I mean, that just... I'm not going to wait all season to try to get even money on Clemson to see if they can win every single game or if they're going to lose one somewhere along the way. I just that's not a that's not a good bet in my mind. On the other hand, what you're saying, Mike, is if if you do think that maybe Georgia goes in and wins that game to start the year, Georgia's an underdog. You're going to be getting better than even money just playing Georgia yeah. on the money line. Like, yeah. So just go bet that you're going to get better odds than that under at minus one thirty. Like, I I I'm going to take over because I do think that Clemson wins them all. I, I do think that Clemson beats Georgia the first weekend. I don't feel super strongly about that. Um, overall, though, I, I, I'm with you. This is hard to bet either way, and there's probably better ways to uh, 
you know, to, to get something out of it if you're if you're looking to wager on this one way or the other. Just it's really in just in good conscience. I cannot bet over eleven and a half. That's just absurd. But Clemson's yeah. really good, so yeah. This is this is a bad number for actually wagering on. So would uh would not recommend putting action on that. But hey, teach their own. Teach their own. Yep. Uh, Mike, North Carolina at nine and a half, minus one fifteen to both the over and the under. Yeah, I'm actually going to put ten dollars on the under here. Um, not because I think North Carolina is going to be bad. I actually think it'll be very good. <laughs> but, dollars, um, Mike. Dollars? Ten. Oh, the Gorder coins. The right? Gorder coin. <laughs> oh yeah. The official crypto of the solid, the solid, the basketball conference podcast, Van Gorder coin. <laughs> we are now the solid verbal. Um, <laughs> no longer a college football coach in practice, but still in the ACC in our hearts, Brian Van Gorder. Yes. We are betting, wagering this season, Mike, on Van Gorder coin. In in theory, he's still a football coach. Um, <laughs> in theory, when he was actually coaching, he was a football coach. It was all theoretical. Um, yeah, I'm going under here. Uh, North Carolina, they so. My my whole thing here, Heisman Trophy candidate and Sam Howell should be a Heisman finalist. He'll be in New York. That's my expectation. I, we'll get into our you know individual awards later. I think Sam Howell's going to win Conference Player of the Year. Uh, so I'm I'm in on that. What I'm not in on is the fact that North Carolina has lost games. Now, COVID year last year was weird, but if you take like Mac Brown and just in totality and just think back to his time in Texas and you think back to some of the losses he's had in North Carolina, like there's a few games a year where North Carolina is in a dogfight. You're like, what, why are they playing down to this team? Now we saw it a few times last year, Florida state, they lost a game. They shouldn't have stormed back in the second half, lost a game. They shouldn't have UVA lost a game. They shouldn't have um, wake forest. They almost lost a game. They shouldn't have. Right. So just on that principle alone, and then the fact that they are replacing a ton of talent. Now, they do have talent at receiver. It's young. It's unproven. Um, they do have a very good running back in Ty Chandler transferring in from Tennessee, so there's talent there, certainly. But it's a lot to replace on offense. Now, they have their entire offensive line coming back, but they got to be better in pass protection because Sam Howell, there's a chance he might need to throw it much more this year than he did last year, just considering what they lost in running back. Ty Chandler can't replace it all. So, they got to protect him better. He was sacked like 35 times or something like that last year. Um, so things need to be better there. Nine and a half is just a lot. I, I think there's a pretty good chance North Carolina goes nine and three. That could be certainly be good enough to win the Coastal. Um, but I think with my with my money, it's not a high confidence bet, but it's 10 Van Gore coins out of the 100 we're allotting here, Joey, and I'm going to place a bet on North Carolina to go under nine and a half. Yeah, so just, by the way, just the rules of kind of what we're doing, as you said, Mike, uh, we, we've each decided that we will start with 100 Van Gorder coin, and uh, we will be wagering as much of that as we choose with a minimum of three picks uh, with the intent of seeing who comes out with, with the most, including including the odds. So again, that's that's 10 Van Gorder coin you put on North Carolina at minus 115. So... Um, so yeah, if you if you win that bet, you come away with something like you know nine and change Van Gorder coins. So here's to hoping. Um, I, I'm also on the under with North Carolina, Mike, and and you know that I am a North Carolina stan at this point. I um, I, I I I think that they're going to win the the division. Uh, I, I have high expectations for them. I'm a Sam Howell guy. You know all this stuff, but just like like you're saying, in some of the performances we've seen from them in recent years, like can I really trust? trust that North Carolina is going to go out there and win 10 games 
I don't think so. Like if I have to bet this one way or the other, it's probably the under. Like you know, nine and three, maybe even eight and four is likely. It's certainly, if I could get this number at ten, I would feel a lot better about the under. Uh, certainly, yep. I think ten and two is a possibility. Um, ten and two, eleven and one is on the table, but it's it's just going to be it's tough to like bank on them to do that with what we've seen in recent years. Yep, no, I'm I'm totally with you there. And again, I I think they'll be quite good. I just nine and a half's a lot. Yeah, it is. It is. And that's why, you know, I'm, I'm on the under, but I am not actually putting in a, a wager for our, our sake on this. So, um, but good luck to you. Um, Thanks, man. <laughs> you got it. Miami at nine, even money to the over minus one thirty to the under. I mean, I think that that has to be under, right? It's the thing that Cam Underwood always tells us. It's okay. Prove it to me, Miami. Right, like they have all the talent in the world returning. Big question is how healthy is Jarek King? Now, they've been saying he's healthy, but how healthy is he actually? We'll find out um, against Alabama in the opener, which will be very ugly for Miami. I think. Um, I think Miami is going to win the Coastal. I've been on the record saying that. I can't believe it. I, to be quite honest with you, I, I don't know why I, I'm doing that to myself. Um, I'm trusting Manny Diaz to win a one game. Because I think it's going to be Miami and North Carolina jockeying for best team in the coastal, and I think that Miami's going to win the head-to-head. And I don't know why, but that's I don't what I'm going with. Um, <laughs> but they are the most—they are the most talented team in the coastal. But they're always the most talented team in the coastal. So I'm hedging a little bit here, saying I think Miami could win the division, um, but I also not sure that it's worth it to me to bet the over at nine that's a pretty high win total um i'm sitting at it under i am not actually betting van gorder coins on this because i just i'm not too too confident that it'll be going under uh i think nine could be exactly where miami's at i could also see them going like eight and four i could see them going ten and two i think anything in between is possible so we'll find out what miami is but just knowing their track record i think it's pretty reasonable to expect that you know, even if they are really good, nine might be the the number, especially when you take the Alabama game into consideration. Like they're starting off the year with a loss, in my opinion. So, well, that was what I was going to say is if if you can find a way, some way, somehow to beat Alabama in the opener. I mean, this is going over, right? It's going over like they, Yeah. If they beat Alabama in the opener, then we're talking about Miami as a competitor to Clemson this year, yeah. like a actual competitor to Clemson. Which let's not get too carried away here. Um, I, I mean, they're going to be they're going to lose to Alabama, so let's right, not worry about it. Right? Yeah, I'm also on the under here, Mike, and it's it's kind of the same reasoning as North Carolina is. You know, reasonably when you look at the schedule, I I think that they lose to North Carolina. I think they lose to Alabama, and like at some point, I just don't see, I don't see this being a program that I can really bank on winning all the games they're supposed to win and not having a slip up here or there, like. The track record has shown us that that is you know very likely to happen at some point under you know at this this program in general it's it's not even just Manny Diaz it's Mark Richt and it was Al Golden and Randy Shannon and you know at all like this is this has been a thing is that they drop games they shouldn't be dropping from a talent standpoint so I I, I mean do I trust them to win ten to where the over would hit here if if the win total is nine no no I don't right so. Yeah. I'm going to take the under. I think nine and three is a, is a very likely outcome. So good chance this pushes. Um, I will also not be wagering anything on this one either. So um, yeah, under, but 
I, I could kind of see it going either way. Yeah, that's fair. Pittsburgh at seven and a half, Mike. Over is even money. Under is minus one thirty. I think they can win seven or eight. Um, I'm betting the under, though. I just I don't trust Pat Narduzzi. I don't think Kenny Pickett's going to get any better. Um, so I think they're going to be a pretty average team in the coastal, and that could be six wins. That could be eight wins. I don't have a high degree of confidence in my next couple of picks to be quite honest. My next four or five picks, actually, if we're going to talk about here, I don't have a high degree of confidence either way here. Um, but I, I'm going to bet the under on Pittsburgh just because um, their their running game in particular has just been kind of blah, right? I mean, we've seen games where AJ Davis has been fine, right? And it's like, okay, they look semi-competent running back, opens up the play action game for Howell. And then we've seen games where it's been like, okay, they can't really run the ball. Now Pickett's got to throw like 35 times, which I don't think is a recipe for success. We've seen enough of Kenny Pickett to know that he can't really consistently carry a team that way unless he's playing Virginia Tech in Heinz Field. But that went poorly. <laughs> uh, but defensively, I mean, I think Pittsburgh will be, will be good enough. Um, that was actually a question going into last year was like, or two years ago even now, um, like when are we going to see a real – Pat Narduzzi type Michigan State type defense at Pittsburgh and we've started to see that a little bit more consistently in recent years so I think the defense will be fine I have more questions about the offense and its ability to consistently put up enough points and if the defense is just okay then the offense is gonna have to be a little bit better and do I trust Kenny Pickett in that offense to be that way consistently enough to get to eight or nine wins I, I don't so I'm going to go under here but I think they could cert- seven and a half is a really good number <laughs> it's a really really good number Joey but I'm going under here I'm not betting it though Mike, over. Hammer, I know. You love Pittsburgh. Hammer that over. I don't even love Pittsburgh. I just I can't get over the fact that I'm looking at this non-con schedule of UMass at Tennessee, Western Michigan, and New Hampshire. Like As much as Jim Hammett told us in the preview that they've never gone undefeated in conference play or out of conference play yep. like since I was born, yep. like, come on. Like This yeah. has to be 4-0, right? And then at that point, you've got at Duke and at Syracuse. That's a pair of layups. Like, this should be, you know, they should win six without even getting out of bed. Like, and at that point, you've got games at Georgia Tech, at Virginia Tech, home against Miami, home against North Carolina, home against Virginia. You can't get me two of those five? Like, come on. They're going to win at least eight this year, maybe even nine. Like, there's real upside here, and it comes with a a, a relatively easy out-of-conference slate. So, Mike, give me the over and give me 30 of my 100 Van Gorder coin on Pittsburgh. Lock that up. Let's go. I, you're confident they're beating Tennessee. They should beat Tennessee. I think Tennessee but. is such a mess. Like, and, and, and again, I, it's not that I see Pittsburgh as this like high ceiling program, but what we have seen from them over the years is like a fairly consistent level of play. Right. Like, if, if I told you that Pittsburgh was going to go, f- you know, four and four in conference play, it's pretty much what they've been doing every year, right? Yeah. So now you're right. I mean, you're so right. Four zero out of conference, and that's an eight win team. Like, yep. So that's yeah. It's gonna be a real problem <laughs> if they do lose to like Tennessee or something. That's gonna cause me some real heartburn. Right. I mean, to your point, they usually don't have an out of conference schedule that's quite this easy. Usually, they're playing like Penn State, and we're like, oh my god, what are they doing to themselves? So. Yeah. I mean, that's a fair point. The, the non-conference is very favorable. And if you expect them to just be average in the ACC, which is what they've been under Pat Narduzzi, eight is definitely in play. But I just, uh, I mean, I'm yep. I'm sorry. I just can't, I can't trust Narduzzi. I just can't do it. 
Mike, your Hokies, seven and a half over plus 120 under minus 150. <laughs> Give me the under. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm on the under here. I um I told you, Joey, I think that seven and five is is about right. I mean, Virginia Tech's got the they got the starting talent to to win eight and and potentially more. I just a couple injuries here and there to really just a couple of position groups and this thing could it could be very difficult for them to even get to seven um there's talent there i think the defense will be better it's hard to break in a new defense in covid anyway it was even harder just because they didn't really have anybody healthy in the secondary really till like late october last year early november um the defense played better the last couple games played better against Clemson, which was nice to see played well against UVA offense played a little bit better. Um, and, and I think they'll be, I think they'll be fine. I don't think they'll be objectively terrible. I think they'll just be fine. Seven and a half again, another really good number. I think Virginia tech is exactly in line with Pittsburgh. I think they're a seven or an eight win team. Um, and then if all goes poorly, I, I think that, Virginia Tech and Pittsburgh could I absolute bottom out would be six wins in my opinion. I think they're both bowl teams. It's just a matter of a couple bounces here and there. But I'm I'm betting the under because I think a couple injuries and you can't bet the over with with the depth issues at a quarterback in particular. Burmeister gets hurt. Like you just can't bet you can't bet the over here. I, I'm honestly kind of surprised to see the number to full seven and a half. Like seven probably would have made a little more sense to me. Right. Um. I I'm with you. Like I don't I don't see how you could. I don't know. I just I I can't see expecting this team to go like eight and four or better, um, right? Given what we've we've seen from them in recent years, I'm also on the record. I mean, I've I've told you kind of what I think about this team and this program. I predicted on the on the preview. I predicted six and six, mostly because I couldn't really, in in good faith, like reason myself to five and seven. But I I kind of wanted to pick five and seven. It just doesn't make sense with the schedule and and the talent on the roster and all that. So. I'm on the under as well. I will not be betting it because it's at minus 150. Yeah. To me, that's just not very good value at all. But Waste of time. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I, I'm with you thinking this goes under. Yeah. Yep. Boston College at seven. Over is minus 170, Mike. Under is plus 140. And that's why I'm only betting... 10 Van Gorder. We're just going to change the name of it every time. Is it Van Gorder Nichols? Van Gorder Times? You know, Van Gorder Coins? Stanley Nichols? Yeah, um, yeah. I am betting over here. Um, it's it's terrible value at minus 170. They return a lot. Dracovic's back. I liked what I saw last year out of Boston College. I can also see a scenario, though. This is this is why I'm only betting betting 10 of these Van Gorder Coins on this, uh, on this bet, Joey. I can also see a scenario where a, they're not as good, right? Because Boston College just kind of popped up and surprised some people. There's more film on Dracovic. Um, They had some uneven play last year. They lost to Virginia Tech, a Virginia Tech team that was not very good last year. They lost to them 40 to 14 in Blacksburg, Joey. Mm-hmm. 40 to 14. Virginia Tech wasn't any good. Yeah. Um, that's that's why I, I could see this. I could see Boston College being the team this year that's like everybody's expecting them to be really good. I, I, I anticipate they'll win eight, which is why I'm betting the over. Um, but this could be the team that kind of pulls a, a Louisville and just kind of backs up in year two under Halfley. I'm not totally sold on this working out at BC yet. I thought Halfley was impressive in year one, really good year last year. Let's see it end on COVID year, Joey. 
I took Boston College uh, to go eight and four on the preview with Dan Rubin, and, and yep. I, I really liked what I saw from Phil Dracovic last year. Um, I, so I think there is a lot of upside here. However, I am going to go under this number just purely on the chance that some of what we saw was a little bit of smoke and mirrors, not repeatable. I think there's a good chance that this pushes, but if I can get yeah. plus 140 on the under, I think I'm going to take that. So I'm going to put 15 Van Gorder pesos on on under seven wins at plus 140 here. I just couldn't in good conscience see, I, even if they're not as good as last year, Joey, I, I'm thinking relative to like expectations going into this year. I think a lot of people expect Boston College to be an eight or a nine win team this year, just given the non-conference schedule and what they have returning and even their potential in conference play. I think a lot of people expect them to be better, you know, better than seven wins, um, which is why the odds are what they are. But even if Boston College isn't quite as good in my scenario, I just don't see them winning only six, even at plus 140. I mean, that's there's a reason why you're getting that juice there. It's really, really hard. Even just looking at the schedule, it's really tough to see them losing more than, more than uh, five games. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. And again, it would probably have to require an injury to a, to a Phil Dracovic or for sure, you yeah, know, for sure. if yeah. a Zay Flowers were to get injured or something like that. I mean, right. to really seriously hamper him. I mean, once again, the out-of-conference is Colgate at UMass at Temple, home against Missouri. That's probably 3-1 and one at worst. Right. Um, Missouri, of course, being coached by our old friend Eli Drinkwitz, formerly mm-hmm. the offensive coordinator for Dave Doran and Ryan Finley over at NC State. Yep, um, future Virginia Tech head coach Eli Drinkwitz. <laughs> you don't hate it. You don't uh, hate it. I, I wouldn't hate it, and that's more of a regional fit. Anyway, uh, the one other thing, too, is uh, Troy Flutie still on the road? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Is Doug Flutie like still on the roster? Two, like season two of this podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, it is interesting with the way the schedule lays out. You know, again, Colgate, UMass, Temple, and then Missouri at Clemson, home against NC State. Like, you could go, th- you know, three and zero, and then three and three, and you know, then you're you're totally into the back half of your schedule. That's just a bunch of toss up games. I feel like so. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. I think I think that Missouri game is kind of where a lot of this could swing. Is, is can they get that non-conference win and go 4-0 and out of conference or not? So um, just for an odds play, again, it's at plus 140. I'm going to go with the under 15 Van Gorder pesos. You have over at minus 170 on 10 Van Gorder bucks uh, or whatever <laughs> whatever we're going with. So, uh, yeah, I, I tend to think this is probably just going to go 7-5 and five and all, all this will be a wash. Yep. Wake Forest, 7, over minus 130, under even money. Joey, you and I are both on the Wake Forest bandwagon, as we always are. Absolutely. In theory. Steeman Deeks. In theory. Even money on the under. I got to bet the under. I'm with you. Um, I, Connor O'Neill said it on this podcast. Now, you and I both, when we looked at the schedule and, and talked about it with Connor, you and I both had it better than 7-5, and five, I believe, looking back at this. You tell me I had Wake Forest 8-4. and four. <laughs> Okay, so the, the win total we were looking at when we previewed Wake Forest is important to note. The win total was actually at six and a half, right? So we both said seven and five. Connor said seven and five. So I think that's pretty reasonable. If you're getting even money on the under here, I think you got to bet it. Yeah. And so I'm I'm putting ten Van Gorder dollars on this, Joey Van Gorder coins. <laughs> um, so again, not a high degree of confidence here. I, I think there's a decent chance that this pushes. Um, I think seven and five sounds about right for Wake Forest. Um, but I'm no more confident in this bet than I am in my North Carolina under bet or my Boston College over bet. 
um, because I think there is a scenario where Wake Forest wins more than seven. It's just going to come down to whether or not the defense can consistently make stops. The offense is going to be very good. They're going to put up points they always have under Dave Clawson. Hartman's back. Christian Beal Smith's back. Jacory Robertson's back. They have a really talented skill position group. It's just going to be a matter of whether or not the defense gets enough stops consistently. I think you bet the under because you're getting even money on it. And the fact that you get the push, you get your money back. I think it makes sense. Just bet the under here and see what happens with Wake. Yep, exactly. That's exactly where I'm at. Even money under seven. I'll take that. Yeah. And just, I, again, I have a hard time seeing it go better than seven and five. Um, right. So I'll, I'll take my chances with either, either it doesn't or, uh, you know, or, or if nothing else, it'll push. So, uh, I've got 15 of my Van Gorder coin on uh, on Wake Forest here at even yep. money under seven. Yep. Virginia at six and a half. Uh, over is minus 105. Under is minus 125. And I think for that reason alone, I'd probably go with the over. But Mike, this was like this was like one of the toughest ones for me to come up with an answer on because six to seven wins sounds about right for Virginia this year. Anywhere between this is this is another one of those teams in the ACC are either betting on teams to be between five and seven wins or six and eight wins. And I, I have Virginia more in that five to seven win category. Um, they they are returning some talent on both sides of the ball. I just I, I have a hard time predicting what UVA is going to be offensively still only because their skill position talent has not consistently shown up. Last year, I mean, we saw it like later in the year, Brennan Armstrong came back from injury and they, and they looked better than they did early in the year. It took them a while to get their feet under them. Um, and they've had some injuries. I know Lavelle Davis has been out for a decent amount of fall camp. I, I know that, that he's back practicing. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, is he going to be able to contribute at any point this year? That was kind of the big question with Lavelle Davis after he got that, some for that injury, I believe in spring or summer. Uh, don't quote me on that. Uh, but he's back practicing in at least some capacity. But if he were fully healthy, I, I think the offense is much better. I just I'm I'm going to go under. And I, again, this is one I'm I'm not betting anything on because between six and seven wins is reasonable. I can also see UVA only winning five. Um, I, I'm just not very confident in this, and I don't like the odds here either way. By the way, over or under, minus 105 for the over, minus 125 for the under. I don't love these odds either direction, and I'm not really entirely confident that I know what UVA is going to be. Mike, I just had a revelation, and and I think I think I know what UVA is actually. The bar. Virginia is 2010 through 2013. Paul Johnson, Georgia Tech. Oh God. Those four years, Georgia Tech goes six and seven, eight and five, seven and seven, seven and six. Like it's it's a it's a low ceiling, high floor team that is going to win between six and seven games like every year, and you don't know which ones they're going to win, which ones they're going to lose. But you know, it, it's that kind of thing. Maybe maybe get up to eight at some point. You know, like you did a couple years ago with Bryce Perkins. But like, yeah, I mean, six and a half. I, like I said, I think that's on the money, if I had to pick one way or the other, I'll take the better odds on the over at minus one hundred five instead of minus one twenty five. But I am not I would never spend any of my hard earned Van Gorder pesos on this bet. So I I can't recommend it. And not to totally derail this, but this is our season preview podcast, Joey. Um are we overrating Bronco Mendenhall's job at UVA? I don't think so. I mean considering what Al Gro and Mike London had done there before him, like he's elevated the program. That's where, that's where I'm at, too. That's where I'm at, too. 
I've had some questions about that. Like, what do you guys see in Bronco Mendenhall? I'm like, well, he's better than the last two guys. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, it kind of depends on what you, what you think the Virginia football program should be. And I mean, I, I don't think that like the 1990, you know, top 10 finish, you know, at one point, number one team in the country thing, like, there's a reason we're talking about that happening 30 years later is because like it hasn't happened since. And it's not like a normal thing, you know, for this program's history. This is not a traditionally like high ceiling, you know, national title contending type of program. So for Bronco to come in and elevate the floor at minimum and, and even elevate the ceiling a little bit from what you've seen in recent years, like I think he's doing a a good job, but I I don't know. Others might have a, a different opinion, I guess. Uh, so no wager for either of us on that. Louisville, six no. and a half over plus 110 under minus 140. Give me 30 Van Gorder pesos on the over for Louisville. Yep. Yeah, I'm putting putting 20 on it over as well. This is one of my favorite bets here, actually, in the ACC. I think Louisville bounces back. Um, I think Cunningham will be better. Uh, they lose Javion Hawkins at 2-2 Atwell. I get it. It's, it's a decent amount of talent lost. Um, but... Louisville is a team that I think had a lot of weird things go against them last year. I think the turnovers will um, regress to the mean a bit. Um, they had really, really bad turnover luck last year, and um, they they weren't particularly well coached in some games. And I do think that overall the program took a step back last year. But how much of that is COVID related versus you know and, and not being able to really truly practice versus them just not being well coached. I guess we'll find out in year three because year one, Wonder Satterfield was really, really good. And year two was very bad. <laughs> I mean, it was a bad year for Louisville last year. Um, and then a weird off season and how does the program respond? It's a really pivotal year three for Satterfield, just kind of get back to the good graces of the fan base. And I think he does it. I, I think they go over six and a half. You're getting a little bit better than plus money here um, or even money. I'm sorry. Um, at plus plus one ten, And I really like, the way the schedule lays out for Louisville and their opportunity in the Atlantic, I think they bounce back and go over. I, I think so too. I mean, a, a seven and five or eight and four finish, I think is very reasonable for Louisville yep. to attain. Um, I, I, I've seen some, some comments recently kind of calling into question Scott Satterfield as a head coach, like, you know, Oh, this guy sucks. Like he doesn't actually know what he's doing. He's not, you know, qualified for this, whatever. It's like Scott Satterfield took over at Appalachian state when they're sorry. App State. I don't remember what the proper pronunciation is. I'm going with App Appalachian. State. Appalachian. Appalachian. Appalachian State. He took over to App State in 2013 when they were still at an FCS program. And in three years, they went from 4-8, and 7-5, and 11-2. And, and by the way, that 11-2 and two year was in the Sun Belt as an FBS team. Yep. Like, a, a guy that elevates the program that way, and then they go 10-3, and 9-4, and 10-2 and two from there. Like, a guy that elevates a program to a level of consistency like that... Like, you don't do that by accident. He knows what he's right. doing. We, we saw the Im- impact he had on Louisville the first year. I don't think all of a sudden he forgot how to coach last year. Like you said, there was turnover issues uh, and, and some things that kind of came into play. Like, they were pretty terrible in one-score games that are kind of toss-up-y type of situations. So, I, I mean, expecting them to bounce back to 7-5 and five or 8-4 and four, I think is very reasonable. If I can get plus 110 at 6.5... Yep. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that over. I'll take that over. Uh, give me 30 of my Van Gorder coin on uh, on Louisville. I'm putting 20, so pretty confident in that as well. Yep, yep. Once again, these odds all available to you at the betus.com online sportsbook. If you wanted to go uh, hit that number real quick. 
New sponsor, baby. Yeah, absolutely. NC State, six and a half. Over is minus 140. Under is plus 110. Uh, Mike, I, this feels like this is an easy over to pick, but yeah. I cannot in good faith put any of my harder in Van Gorder pesos on the over when it's minus 140 like this. Yeah, and that was that was my same thought. Um, but the reason why I put ten on Boston College at worst odds is because I'm more confident in Boston College than I am in NC State, and that's with a half. It's a half game win um, total less, right? NC State at six and a half, Boston College at seven. I am even more confident in BC at seven than I am at NC State at six and a half at better odds. Um, I, I can't bet it. I can't bet it. I'm just not. I'm not. I I almost didn't even bet the BC bet for the win total just because i wasn't i hated the odds and i'm not really that confident i'm less confident in nc state and i i don't love the odds at minus 140 even though they're a little bit better than bc's odds i just can't do it so are you thinking that six and six or worse is a possibility with nc state they are one quarterback injury away with devin leary they were really fortunate to have bailey hawkman last year in the second half of the season um he was not very good in the early part of the year Devin Leary came back from COVID and NC State was much better. And then Bailey Hockman pleasantly surprised you and I last year. Bailey Hockman's at Middle Tennessee State now, and they don't have him there anymore. Yep. So what happens after Devin Leary gets hurt? Because that's what he does. Can he stay healthy? I mean, I guess he hasn't really yet, has he? Right. And this is the, this is the same thing I brought up with Virginia Tech. If, like, Burmeister gets hurt, what do, what do you do? Yep. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm betting the over here tentatively because the win total is six and a half, but six is in play if they suffer a quarterback injury. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I I'm with you. I'll take the over because I I expect at least seven and five, if not eight and four. Um, yeah, I think I think eight and four was what I had predicted on the preview show. Um, but again, at minus one forty, that is a lot uh, of juice to give up. That. I don't. I don't think that that's worth uh, that. That juice is worth the squeeze, so to speak. So, yep. I'm gonna pass on it. Uh, Florida State five and a half over is minus one thirty. Under is even money. Um, I took the over just because I. I don't know. Maybe James got to me a little bit or something. But like I, I feel like this year, you know, with a proper off season, there's a little bit more talent in the QB room. Some more leadership on the roster, some you know infusion of talent, all this stuff. Mike, I'm talking about Florida State. This is what I do, but like a bowl Sounds game. Like me with Virginia Tech. I just need a bowl game, Mike. That's it. Like five and a half. It's gonna go over, right? I'm going under. They're one year away, I think. But hmm. I, again, I just I could see this going either direction. Five and a half is a damn good line, Joey. Damn good. Um, yeah. they have a lot of talent. I mean, this is not the talent in the room. This is not a five, one program, but I think they're your way for what it's worth. 24 seven sports put out their, uh, their updated, uh, team talent composite rankings, Florida state fourth in the ACC in rostered talent through and through. And it's a pretty decided fourth. Like they're pretty well ahead of everybody behind them, pretty well behind North Carolina, Miami and Clemson at three, two and one respectively. Um, I mean, there's only, I don't know. There's only two other teams in the Atlantic that have even comparable talent, like Boston college, Louisville, Wake Forest and Syracuse are all way below them. Like, I don't know. 
I, I want to see it. I want to believe it, but you, I don't know. Then again, recent recent history tells us you're probably right on that. Yeah. At, again, could see it either way. Yeah. Fair enough. Mike, my Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, four and a half. Over is minus 130. Under is even money. I went with the I went with the under because it is even money. Um, the schedule just the schedule is brutal, and we talked about this a little bit with Kelly Quinlan, like, and and I said five and seven in the preview because I think the coastal is just so meh. <laughs> like, they should be able to pick someone off or a couple teams off. If they do that, it probably goes over. But when you start your year and you look at it, you, you have Clemson permanently in the crossover, Notre Dame. Georgia, it's just North Carolina. It's just hard. It's really, really, really hard. And you get Miami, of course, being in the coastal as well. It's just a really they they have one of the three or four toughest schedules in all of college football, depending on what what site and metric you look at. I just at even money with the under with that schedule, um, I had to take it. But Georgia Tech, I think, could get to five. I, I'm not I'm not confident enough to bet it. I'm not betting any money on this. No uh, Van Gorder coins going down this bet, Joey. <laughs> yeah, I had uh, I I had the over. I had him at five and seven on our preview show. Um, I, I think there is upside to even go more than that. But at these odds, I don't I don't know that I can trust him that much. Um, yeah, like you said, I mean it's a brutal schedule. On the other hand, again, talent composite rankings: Georgia Tech sixth in the ACC. Uh, really not that far behind an NC State, um, but that's good for third in the division. Like we, we agreed, like they have they have upgraded the talent on this roster. The question remains, Mike: Can they coach them? And right. I, I don't know if they can or not. Yeah, this is um, going to be interesting. Yep. Yeah, I think this year very telling. It's it's very telling, and not even necessarily in wins and losses. Just how do they look? Because yep. I I'm in the camp certainly. Um, and I got I got nothing against Georgia Tech. I think they've recruited really well, um, and I think that Georgia Tech can go four and eight and not call it a successful year. But depending on how the results look, you could just be like, all right. I mean, it was a horrible schedule, and they're still in a rebuild, and they looked better than they did the first two years. It's like okay, yeah. A lot of this probably comes down to how much Jeff Sims does or doesn't develop as well. Right, right. That, that's that's going to be a major wild card with them. For um, sure. And by the way, so it was pointed out after our preview. You know who we completely forgot to mention? There were, like the name didn't even come up on the preview. Who? That would be Jameer Gibbs. Uh, oh, we didn't bring him up at all. I don't believe we mentioned his name like whatsoever. Somehow, um, so <laughs> Jameer Gibbs, very very good for Georgia Tech. Jameer Gibbs, Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, uh, go check him yeah, out. Real real good player. Yeah, one of the best running backs in the conference. Absolutely. So over at minus one thirty for me, under at even money for you, but no bets either way. Uh, Duke four. Minus 115 on either side. Yeah, I mean, screw the odds. I, I'm putting 20, 20 down here, minus 115. The odds suck. Duke is decidedly a four-win team in Vegas' eyes. You're at minus 115 on the over, minus 115 on the under. I'm going under. This team's going to be terrible, Joey. I mean, they're, they're going to be horrible. Yeah. It's, I just, I need to, the, the value's not great, but it's not like minus 140 not great. It's minus 115. I will just take that and run. I think Duke's going to be atrocious. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. I don't know. There's a chance that Gunnar Holmberg could turn into something kind of special for them. And I mean, Mateo for Duke still, still on raw. Yeah. I mean, Cutcliffe, the uh, quarterback whisperer, right? Something like that. I, special for Duke wasn't supposed to. 
special for Duke wasn't supposed to be like a huge slight, but I mean, it's like, can he, can he be like a mid tier three star? <laughs> nice. Um, thank you. Yeah, thank I you. I, I'm with you. Like it, with four and eight, <laughs> four and eight seems most likely to me. So if I think it's going to be either three and nine or five and seven, I'll probably take three and nine before five yeah. and seven. Yeah. Hard, hard to see. Hard to see five. Yeah. I think that's a pretty good number though. Uh, lastly, Syracuse at three and a half over minus one Oh five under minus one twenty five. Again, the odds suck, but they're going to be terrible too. Um, yeah. I'm going under, I, and yeah. I, and I'm betting 20 on it. I at minus one twenty five, and I don't, I don't love the odds and I'm almost breaking. I, I feel better. I feel better about placing these bets with poor value with the under because i feel more confident and i'm looking at these two particular teams so <laughs> we can talk about we could talk about my rationale with some of my other picks but with these two teams it's just i think they are going to be really 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 bad i think they're gonna be horrible like decidedly so, the worst two teams in the conference like and and maybe two of the worst teams in college football like i think they mm-hmm. could be like outside of the top 115 in sp plus like i think they could be that bad mm-hmm. so I mean, seriously, probably two of the worst teams in the Power Five, potentially. Yeah, I know Syracuse, especially last year, was pretty rough in terms of the SP Plus results. Yeah. Um, and Duke, I mean, just the level of constantly turning the ball over was was pretty insane. So, right. There, there, there's a little bit of something for everybody in this conference. There's absolutely terrible teams. You got one just elite team in Clemson, and then you have that. some some good and a lot of meh something for everybody yeah it, it's very striking to me mike how of all the teams that we've now previewed let's see what's my count here it is eight of them had a win total between five and a half and seven and a half yep that tells you all you need to know about this conference Jerry. yeah you're splitting hairs between five and seven seven and five and six and six teams um so this is a little bit of a uh feels a little bit more like a slot machine than a than an actual scientific process in some cases yeah, Boston College versus Wake Forest and Virginia Tech versus Pittsburgh matters a bit more than you think it does when the game is played. Yep, yep. Sigh. All right, Mike, to recap, to recap, I have Pitt over 7.5 with 30 Van Gorder coin at even money. I have Boston College at minus, or sorry, at plus 140 under 7 with 15. And I have Wake Forest under 7 at even money uh, at 15 coins. And then Louisville over six and a half plus one ten uh thirty Van Gorder coin. You yep. have North Carolina under nine and a half, ten coins at minus one fifteen. You have Boston College uh over seven at minus one seventy with ten, ten coins. Uh Wake Forest under seven at even money with ten coins. Louisville over six and a half at plus one ten with twenty coins. Duke under four minus one fifteen with twenty coins, and Syracuse under three and a half minus one twenty five with twenty coins. You, my friend, are spraying the board out here. I'm also a damn degenerate betting forty of my ninety total main quarter coins on the two worst teams in the ACC. Yes, yeah. I have a problem. Well, the good news, Mike, is that both of us have ten remaining, and we're so we will at minimum if we if we get everything wrong, we will have ten to our name. So that's good. Um, the the other we had some agreement on under seven with Wake Forest and over six and a half with Louisville. 
Uh, so that'll be good. But, you know, there could be some pushes along the way. It's going to be interesting. We'll see who uh, who ends up with more Van Gorder pesos after it's all said and done. For sure. Mike, let's move on. We we want to get some more kind of higher level season predictions. Um, before we do that, we told you we had new sponsors. That was a plural uh, a plural word and used with intentionality. Mike, we are also happy to announce a new partnership, a new sponsorship with Section 103. Uh, Mike, are you familiar with Section 103? I am now, baby. You are now. Um, for those who, who know much of anything about me and my Georgia Tech fandom, I am a little bit of a connoisseur of apparel, clothing options, polos, shirts, sweatshirts, uh, those kinds of things. I, I'm especially partial to performance wear. Um, I, I wear a lot of dry fit t-shirts and all that. Um, I, I live in Houston. It's hot. I sweat a lot. Like Dry fit stuff is the way to go. And, and Mike, one of the things that's frustrated me as a Georgia Tech fan in recent years has been kind of the lack of availability of good-looking, you know, proper logoed, proper colored Georgia Tech clothing. And that's been a problem with, in terms of availability until very recently, Mike, with the release of Section 103, which is a fully, uh, fully licensed uh, clothing provider uh, started and founded by a GT alumnus. Uh, we are we are thrilled to be partnering with them. Uh, of course, Section One Hundred Three has apparel in official Tech Gold colors. Uh, it's got the new word mark on it. Very hard to find elsewhere for reasons unknown, but you want it. Section One Hundred Three's got it. Uh, it is extremely high quality. I've got a couple shirts already. They fit great. Uh, they feel great. Very light performance apparel. I've I've yet to try some of the the gray more, more traditional t-shirts, but those are, I've heard talk. They're very soft. They're, they're a wonderful product. Um, very soft, very comfortable. Um, that ATL logo that Jeff Collins has kind of started to implement on the football field and such, you can get clothing with that logo on there. That's the only place you can get it. Uh, they have shirts for men, women, youth sizes, all sorts of things. And Mike, you even get input on the next design that you want them to release. They offer that survey with with everyone that goes and checks out the website. So if you're a Virginia Tech fan, just offer up the hokey bird right in the middle of that T-shirt, right in the middle of that sucker. That's right. There's there's and, shirts that just say Tech, and all you got to do is write Virginia over the top of it, and it works yeah, just like that. Yeah. Remember remember when Sean Glennon had to do the whole jersey switch? <laughs> it's kind of like that. That was a uh, that was a Georgia Tech game as well. So how about that reference? There you go. There you go. Uh, so, Mike, again, we are really excited to start partnering with Section103.com. Uh, go there. Right now, it's only Georgia Tech apparel, but they've got a lot more they're working on on bringing out. So go check them out. Use promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order at Section103. The pricing is great, by the way. Like, yeah, even if you affordable. Yeah, even if you, you have a second order and you're not able to get 10% off, like it's super affordable anyways. So um, great product, great people, great designs, great prices. I don't know what more you need to hear, Mike. Performance Le performance wear, regular t-shirts, sweatshirts, all sorts of good stuff. Level up your clothing, Georgia Tech fans. Absolutely. Please do that. Section103.com. Use promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order. We cannot wait to be partnered with them all season long. Uh, I, I have a feeling, Mike, that any sort of Georgia Tech segment we do this year is probably going to be brought to you by Section103.com. It only makes sense. It does make sense. Uh, so go check them out. Please do. Uh, Mike, other predictions for the season, kind of at a high level. We wanted to predict the division champions. We wanted to predict some player of the year, coach of the year stuff. Uh, and then we got a little something special at the end as well. So uh, let's start with the Atlantic division, Mike. Get feel, Are you feeling bold 
Who's your Atlantic Division champion? Syracuse. Oh, that's that sounds right. That yeah, sounds right. Actually, the inverse of Syracuse, yeah. Clemson. <laughs> the inverse of the champion. Yeah, uh, yeah, Clemson, the obvious pick in the Atlantic. Uh, Mike, you mentioned I think you've got a Coastal Division champion that di- is different than mine. I have Miami. Miami. I think they're the most talented team, and I just I think they figure it out. I think they put it together. On Miami, I'm all in on the Canes for some reason. Let me know when you figure out why, because yeah. You uh, you mentioned that at the very end of our very first preview, and uh, there was some cursing, and you kind of couldn't believe yourself. So uh, we'll see how I that mean, goes. Cam, Cam couldn't believe it either. <laughs> uh, I've got North Carolina. Not hard to find. Not hard to see that coming with the way that I talk about them. Uh, again, I'm a North Carolina stan. So uh, North Carolina is my Coastal Division champion. The ACC champion, Mike, is not North Carolina. It's an invitation. Really, depending on who you have winning the Coastal, it's an invitation to get that ass whooped in Charlotte. Yeah, this this is like that game that the, the Braves play as an exhibition like three days before the schedule starts every year against like one of the local college teams. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it is a uh, nice little invitational. I do not, as good as I think North Carolina could be, I do not think that they're good enough to like actually put a legit scare into Clemson in the ACC championship game. Think of it like 2017 Miami, like when Miami won the Coastal and they won 10 games or whatever, and then they got to Charlotte and basically couldn't cross the 50-yard line. That's basically what will happen. Anybody who's predicting anything other than that, no matter who you think the Coastal opponent is, you're incorrect. Um, Clemson's just far and away better. Depth is better. Uh, They're going to be at least eight or nine points favorite over either Miami or North Carolina and probably by more if it's another team that you know Pittsburgh randomly wins the coast you know I mean we've seen weirder things happen Georgia Tech won the coastal that one year like it's seven and seven and or seven and six yeah but mostly because of other stuff going on but you know weird, weird stuff happens yeah I, I mean I, I would fully expect it doesn't matter who else comes out of this out of the division Clemson's going to be at least a double digit favorite I mean yeah I, yeah. I could see it right now, right this second. I could see like Clemson minus seventeen or something against North Carolina. Um, you know, I I just don't think it's that particularly close. I don't either. But hey, look, North Carolina got a lot of preseason hype. Maybe that line isn't isn't as high right now. Maybe it will be higher though at the end of the year. Maybe maybe you know who knows. It's possible. It's possible. But the other way. I, mean, what, I don't know. ACC Player of the Year, Mike Howell. Yeah, Sam Howell. Um, see, it's an easy pick. He's gonna have to throw a lot. Yeah, that's true. I mean, again, if Ty Chandler can stay healthy and, uh, you know, has the legs for it, I mean, he's a guy who's capable of 250 or 300 carries in the way that A.J. Dillon did a couple of years ago for Boston College. Right. You know, that type. Right. Caleb Hood, talented freshman behind him. I mean, it, it's not like there's – it's not like they're lacking talent. I just think he's going to have to throw a ton, and he's one of the best quarterbacks in college football. I think he's a pretty safe pick. Well, and he's got the name brand value already, too. I mean, he's, he's right. the name that everyone knows. And people are looking at, like, the first pick of the draft next year, whether that's legitimate or not. But, again, he's got the name value. Yeah, um, preseason, um, preseason predictions really aren't worth the paper they're written on. So <laughs> if you're going to – I mean, if you're going to uh, do the whole thing, except Clemson winning the conference, um, if you're going to make picks, you may as well you know, make the picks that make the most sense. Yeah. Which, I mean, Sam Howell's the best player in the conference coming into the year. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Derek King or Big Cinco would be other options here. Um, yep. But, yeah, I'll stick with Sam Howell. I, like you said, I think it's a volume play a little bit. Yep. Coach of the year, Mike. 
I'm going to go with Manny Diaz because if I'm going to pick Miami to win the Coastal, I think Manny Diaz has to win Coach of the Year. So that's where I'm at. I'm going to stick with Mac Brown. Um, you know, again, if, if he's able to get North Carolina to win the division again, that's a pretty big step up. And, and usually people will just vote for that. So yeah, that's my guess is, is if North Carolina wins the division, goes to Charlotte, is like a top 15 team, I think Mac Brown will get the votes. Mike, um, how many coaching changes do you think the ACC is going to see after this year for one reason or another? Yeah, so I'm going to go with two, Joey, and this has a little bit of something to do with the fact that when we talked to Steve Wiseman last week, Duke was the last preview that we did, and he said that the administration is really comfortable um, you know, with the fact that David Cutcliffe is still the head coach. And Kevin White, I know he's not the athletic director anymore, he retired, um, but Kevin White said, look, David Cutcliffe's got more job security than me. That stood out to me a little bit. And his Kevin White's replacement is someone who's already been in the athletic department who has the continuity with David Cutcliffe already. Um, and if you're going to take Steve Wiseman as word, and I do because he's been covering the program for um, a decade with Duke in particular, and he's been around David Cutcliffe enough and that administration enough to know, then there is a chance that David Cutcliffe uh, doesn't retire after the year or is not, you know, pushed out in a way that like Frank Beamer was at Virginia Tech, where it was kind of like a forced retirement, but nobody ever really talked about it. So if you believe that, or if you believe that there's a chance that Justin Puente saves his job, I think two is the number here. Um, I think the only guy who you could look at on paper going into the year be like, that guy's going to lose his job. It's Dino Babers. Um, I think Justin Fuente has a very good chance to get fired if Virginia Tech's not very good. I think he has an opportunity to save his job if Virginia Tech wins eight games, which I think is is in play. And um, if he were to save his job, I mean, what if Cutcliffe retires? Then, then you're a two. So I'm going to go with two. If there was like over under two and a half, I'm going to take the under slightly here, Joey, and go, and go with two. Um, certainly a decent chance it could be three with, with Fuente, Babers, and David Cutcliffe. Um, I'd, I'd have a hard time seeing any other jobs opening. I I don't buy the Satterfield hype at Louisville as much as some national media folks do. Um, I, I don't, I don't think he's even with a bad year. I, I don't think they part ways with him yet. I think it's too early. Yep. I, I, I tend to agree with that on the Satterfield number. Um, I'm going to go with three, Mike. I, I'm going to elevate it from one. A, I, I don't think Fuente saves his job at Virginia tech. Um, the way that I, you know, we talked about it on the, on the Hokies preview was I have Virginia tech at six and six to which Andrew Alex was, Pretty fired. disturbed no, by that. Fired number. at six and six. Yeah. yeah, he was disturbed by that pick, but he did say that makes the AD's job very easy because at yeah. six and six, yeah, he's canned. Yep, for sure. So I think I, I think that's one of them. I, I think Syracuse probably moves on from Dino Babers, and then there's also just like a, I don't know. There's a lot of toss up, like what if kind of things that could happen in terms of could could Dave Dorn get hired away from NC State? Could Dave Clawson get hired away from Wake Forest? Um, you know, could there be a change that way? Could Jeff Halfley get called up somewhere, you know, to the NFL or somewhere else? I don't know. Um, there's some of that. There there could always be some weird, you know, investigation, NCAA shenanigans that come down somewhere. Um, you know, there's always there's always something. And just there's just been like kind of a, a disturbing amount of um, of 
consistency within the coaching ranks in the ACC. Like, yeah, there really hasn't been that much turnover. And, and we, I think we've agreed, like, there's only been, what, like six coaches or, or six hirings since we started this podcast. Yeah, I think we came to that realization. It's basically been like one a year for six years. <laughs> it's yeah. been ridiculous on average. And that's just that's just a little too consistent for me. So I, I feel like right. you know, whether it is Cutcliffe retiring or something or something else happens, like we're going to start to see something, some sort of movement happen here, I feel like. So I'm going to go with I, I agree. I agree. And in our defense, we started this podcast in a year where there were a bunch of first-time coaching hires, like first-year like first head coaches in the conference, and that has something to do with it. But yeah, you're right on the consistency thing, regardless of when we started the podcast. like There is just not a lot of teams ready to move on from their head coaches. And I think this is a year where we could see more movement in that category than we've seen in any time that we've been doing this podcast the last six years. Let me put it to you this way. If if something happened, the, you know, and... and the whole thing starts to spiral a little bit down the stretch at Miami yeah. and they ended up like seven and five. Do they move yeah. on from Manny Diaz? Yeah. And, and I was actually not only, I was going to bring that Manny Diaz point up, right? Because if, if they bought him out, I mean, they're pretty quick to move on from head coach. Right. And I mean, this is, it's kind of put up or shut up time with that roster. And that's why I'm going with them to win the coast looks like, if not now, then when, and if they go seven and five, man, that's going to be at the very least hot seat territory. And then, you know, there's also a chance, Joey, like if, if Virginia Tech's been healthy for an entire year and won nine games, and we talked about this on the tech preview too, there's a chance if one take just like say, uh, see you later. Just and bail. just, <laughs> yeah. And like bail while your stock's high, uh, Baylor, <laughs> like you tried to do, you tried to pull that already. Um, bail while your stock's high. We could see some of that. We can see that with Satterfield at Louisville. What if what if Louisville wins nine? Um, you know, does Satterfield go try to find another job in, in the Carolinas? Now, I don't know which one opens and, and what makes the most sense. Um, Do you really want to go get in the middle of Duke? If Cutcliffe retires? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I don't think he wants any part of that. But, I mean, it's it's... It's an interesting conversation to have. I think you can see it the other way, too, where guys just try to sell out while their stock's high. Fuente and Satterfield in particular make the most sense in that regard. Yep. Yep. So I'm going to take three coaching changes. Mike, you have two. and, and a lot I'm of I'm going seems... with three now. I mean, I'm going with three now. Okay. You talked me into it. I'm going with three. <laughs> we'll I'm going stick with three. three then. Yeah, three we'll, we'll stick with three. Each. Three each. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. Last thing we got to do here, Mike. Full standings predictions. Yeah. We, we've kind of done a lot of this in some form or fashion already, but... Let's just run these down. We'll start with the Coastal Division. Mike, I have North Carolina winning it. You have Miami winning it. Uh, I, I have I have Miami number two. I assume you have North Carolina number two. I, I do. And it's uh, my next... <laughs> I, we'll, we'll get into my standings here like in totality, but a lot of it has to do with head-to-head matchups. And I think Miami beat North Carolina, and I think that's why they win the Coastal. Yep, yep. Uh, I've got Pittsburgh number three. I have Virginia Tech number three and Pittsburgh number four because I think Virginia Tech wins the head-to-head at Lane Stadium because Fuente is not lost in Arduzzi at Lane. That's, that's a good data weird, point. Weird stat. Quirky, quirky stat. They almost did. They had a goal line stand a few years ago. But, but. Well, there you go. Yeah. Good data point. Uh, I've got yeah. Virginia number four. Um, again, that's high. I think that's high for UVA. It's, it's a little bit high, but... Again, it kind of depends on what I what I think of uh, Virginia Tech in particular, because yeah, yes, yes, that's I've true. got them a little further down here. Yes, that's true. Um, I, I have UVA, I have UVA fifth. I, I mentioned I had Pittsburgh fourth. I have UVA fifth, so it's not that far off. That's just a little higher than I thought you would have had them, which is fine. Yep, yep. I've got Georgia Tech number five, um, and and the reason I have them ahead of Virginia Tech is I think they win that head to head. 
but at the same time, I mean, from a from a like a conference record standpoint, having to play that game against Clemson, still, yeah. I mean, that's that's an automatic loss that you start with in the conference standings. So that that's going to knock you down a peg from everybody else in the division. Yep. Um, I like I mentioned UVA five. I have Georgia Tech sixth. Um, brutal schedule. I think Georgia Tech could absolutely beat Virginia Tech in that Atlanta game. That that's one of the um the tough stretches of Virginia Tech schedule. They got Georgia Tech and then they have to go to Boston College on a Friday night. Like that's gonna be a pivotal point in the season for tech. Um so Virginia Hokies Tech. Tech. Yeah. Hokies, yeah, Virginia Tech. Um <laughs> but yeah, I, I have Georgia I have Georgia Tech sixth. Uh, yeah. No got, slander, just tough schedule. Yep. No, I've got Virginia Tech sixth, and again, I've been very honest what I think about them. Um, and where that program is and, and like, and yeah, that I, I, a lot of what I would, a lot of the reason I have Georgia tech winning that game right now is because of where it is in the year and in the schedule. Yep. Um, it's, it's in Atlanta. It's later in the season. You should be seeing some development from Georgia tech by then. I think there's a chance that Virginia tech could be kind of spiraling a little bit. If yep. you know, they might've already kind of started to move on from Fuente. Like there's a lot of things there that the way that I kind of see the season playing out, I, I think a lot of it favors Georgia tech in that matchup. So um, I'll take the Jackets at five, uh, Hokies at six, and then I think both of us have the uh, the lowly Duke Blue Devils at number seven. Yep. Should we give them top to bottom what we got in the Coastal again? Yep. So I've got North Carolina, Miami, Pittsburgh, Virginia, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, Duke. You have? Miami, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Pittsburgh, UVA, Georgia Tech, Duke. There you go. Atlantic. Once again, we both have Clemson winning the Atlantic Division. Uh, number two, I have NC State, Mike. <laughs> this is gonna be so inter- two through four is so interchangeable. It's unbelievable. Yep. Um, I've I've Boston College second in the Atlantic. I'd, uh, I I think um, a little bit of smoke and mirrors last year with Halfley, but I don't think it was that much that was smoke and mirrors. Jerkovic's a very good quarterback. I think they're gonna be quite good. Um, I I think eight wins in total could be enough. Eight wins period overall could be enough to to get them to second in the Atlantic. Yep. Yep. Um, just we'll just go this way. Two, three, four. I've got NC State, Louisville, Boston College. Um, I have Boston College, NC State, Louisville. Like you said, pretty interchangeable. Yeah, might come down to head-to-head matchups at that point. Exactly. Uh, number five, I have Wake Forest. Man, this is consistent. Uh, you and I both have Wake Forest, Florida State, Syracuse, five, six, and seven. We'll just make that quick. Yeah, I almost flipped Wake Forest and Florida State. So did I. But again, we know how I uh, how I typically handle things as it relates to Florida State. So. Yes, and you know how much we both love Esteem and Deeks. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Love the Deeks. Love Dave Claus and that coaching staff. Uh, betting on them to not be very good is usually not a very not a very good bet. Right. I agree. So, Mike, that's all I got. Anything else? Joey, we get to preview week one. We do. This has been a good oh. season preview. Season preview season is over. It's a good feeling. I feel like we should have um, one of those handshake emojis for the fact that we made it through this offseason with the most consistency that you and I have had with this podcast in the offseason in quite some time, despite both of us being extremely busy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was a pretty successful run here in the offseason. We had a, a few weeks where we didn't record anything. I think that really only happened once. Other than that, we put out a podcast basically once every 10 to 12 days um, all throughout the off season. So we had content for you on almost a weekly basis. I feel like that was pretty solid and improvement for you and I certainly, and you and I were ahead of schedule on season preview recordings in particular, which was huge. That was a new one for us as well with our guests. So absolutely. Absolutely. And a guest for every team. Yeah. And we had a couple of new guests that I thought were pretty awesome. 
Yep. Um, overall, just a very successful preview season, I believe. Yeah, um, for sure. So I'm I'm proud of us. I think we we have set everybody up really well for the season ahead. Um, once again, go put in bets on win totals and everything else over at BetUS.com. Use promo code GOACC or GOACC200 with your first deposit of at least $100 for some pretty cool uh, bonus benefits there of either 125% or 200% with crypto. Yep. Um, so go do that. Go check out section103.com for all sorts of great Georgia Tech apparel. Promo code GOACC there for 10% off your first order. Um, really great stuff there. And, and can I can I add one more thing? Please do. Follow our advice on these picks at your own risk. Like Joey and I know <laughs> a decent amount about a lot of teams in this conference, but we're also both idiots. So just keep that in mind when you're placing your bets and following what we're saying. Mm-hmm. We're both idiots. I, I mean, do I need to go back and show you our record from last year? Because mine horrible. was... I literally put myself in the penalty box at one point, Mike, because yes. it was like I couldn't pick anything right to save my life. We got to like week nine. And you're like, I can't make any picks this week. You said that on a podcast. You're like, I'm, I'm in the penalty box. I'm not placing any bets this week. I'm like, you are ridiculous. I began actively helping some of our listeners to promote the hashtag Fade Joey movement, which became yeah. very, very uh, profitable. Yeah. And, and we had listeners making actual money off of that advice. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Yeah. And I wasn't much better. All to say, if you're hoping that uh, listening to this podcast is going to make you rich, I, I mean, hopefully it does, but... Don't that, quit the day job. That is wishful thinking. Yeah, don't quit your day job. Don't do that. Uh, Mike, you want to go ahead and uh, work on getting out of here? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, we are going to come back and start previewing actual football games. In the meantime, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel SOS, and together we're at BC Podcast ACC. You can find us on iTunes, on Spotify, anywhere you find your podcasts. Go check us out there. Uh, you can send us an email with questions, comments, concerns to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Thank you. Uh, you want to tell us where else they can find us on the social medias, Mike? Facebook, facebook.com slash review. Find all of our podcasts there. Go to Instagram at BC Podcast ACC. Check Please us out there. Please do. Please do. Do it for the gram, Mike. Yep. For the gram. Uh, Mike, anything else you want to get out of here and go, uh, preview some games? Oh my God. It's, it's here. It's happening. Music to my ears, man. It's the Michael Scott gif slash shift, <laughs> whatever. Big office guy you are. It's happening. <laughs> Pretty sure. Like wasn't your whole wedding basically like office themed? Uh, yes, it was. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. There you go. Follow, it follow was. Mike on Twitter for all of your, uh, all of your, the office content. Unlimited content. Absolutely. Mike, let's come back and preview some games. Let's do it, man. Looking forward to it. All right. Well, until then, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Excited to get the season kicked off. But until next time, go ACC. Go ACC.